The phone rings. It's the police. Or is it? When a voice on the other end of the line asks you to obey him completely or face legal consequences, what would you do? Follow every order, no matter who you hurt? Or would you hang up and spare those around you? This week's episode is The Strip Search Phone Call Scam. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. Happy New Year. And a happy new year to you as well. Happy almost Christy birthday, January 4th. <laughs> Mark your calendars, International Christy Appreciation Day. <laughs> yes, it's a national <laughs> holiday. Uh, that's my goal. My resolution this year is to get it finally recognized as a national <laughs> holiday so it can go on calendars. That's what we're going to – it's pre-printed already on mm-hmm. every calendar. You get it at the old Office Depot, Office Max. Well – it is the first week of this new year, and we are still on a bit of a, a holiday hiatus, but we wanted to bring an episode, a new-to-most-of-you episode out there that is a case that it stuck with us since we covered it as a Patreon mini-sode back in early 2021, and just, I think of it once every few months at least, if yeah. not yeah. every time I go to a fast food restaurant, it's uh, in the back of my mind. Definitely. I think about this case quite a bit. There's a new Netflix, well, kind of new Netflix series that don't pick up the phone that covers this case that's come out in the past year as well. This case is bananas. It's one that as you're listening to it, you'll think, how on earth could anybody fall for this? How could this possibly happen? But we go into some psychology explanations as well as just the influence of someone that you perceive to be in control and power, a police officer and what that can translate to, even if they're not there, just the idea of getting in trouble or an authority figure telling you to do something and how much power that can wield. Yeah. And what, what happens when you just submit to that one and the facts mm-hmm. around it, you'll hear it. It's uh, it's not an isolated incident. And we also get into both the civil litigation that came out of it as well as a, a criminal trial. So this is one of, like I said, one of those cases that we covered it as a mini-sode and it, even though it's supposed to be mini, it's much, I mean, it's episode length, but it's it just gets me. It just gets me. It's so, it almost seems so preventable. But as you all hear, mm-hmm. you'll see, you'll see uh, how easy some of us could fall for something like this. And uh, at least back in the, the 1990s when it happened. And we'll get back with you all next week with a brand new episode. I'm going to kill you. I have, um, I think I said in one of our last episodes, I've never been more appalled with my jaw on the floor mm-hmm. since abducted in plain sight. Yeah. Which if y'all haven't seen that documentary, stop what you're doing right. Stop this, <laughs> pause this, go watch that, come back. Cause it is why it's bonkers. It's quite a ride. I had 
similar feelings while researching this. Yeah, yeah. This is one that uh, when I, I heard about it in about a 10 second clip about something, I don't know, I was watching a show about something else and it was like a throwaway line of like, yeah, you know, the strip search scams that happen to all those McDonald's. And I thought, what the hell, huh? So I looked it up and I texted you and said, I have an idea for a mini-sode. <laughs> because it's so, it was gripping for me to just read a summary of what happened. Mm-hmm. And then when you start digging into the evidence, but to my, to, to clarify, briefly when I was initially reading about it, I thought this happened in like the 70s. Mm, no, no. And then I was like, oh my God, this was our time. Like this was recent. I was the same age as the victim yeah. almost. It's uh, somehow that made it more scary to me that you think, oh, those fools yeah. back in the 60s and 70s, they had no idea. The silly, silly fools. But no, no, this was like recent. Mm-hmm. This was within a stone's throw of where we are today. So somehow that made it to me scarier that, oh, this isn't a relic of the past that people are crank calling folks. Yeah. This is something that still happens to this day. I do remember when the footage gets got leaked after this happened. So I remember seeing, but I never really looked into what the story really was or the details. So Mm -hmm. it's uh, harrowing. Yeah, it's to stick stick to your stomach yeah. wild ride. Yeah. So, well, welcome to the mini so guys, <laughs> which is actually fairly long. We talked yeah, about pretty, doing this a as one. a full episode, but we wanted you guys to have the the secret stuff, the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. Wait, does, is McDonald's uh, is the secret? Oh, God. That's not a secret. Oh, I, isn't that what to all be special special sauce? They were special, special sauce, sauce, yeah, because that's the Big Mac. Do you remember? When, oh man, I guess it was the 80s, so you might not, when you would get the newspaper delivered and there would be a CD from McDonald's ran this contest type of thing. I don't even know if it was a contest. I think it may have been, but they had that whole rap or that whole song that was like two all beef patties. Beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. There was some kind of contest they did where they put a CD with that. In the newspaper, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, let me know. I This is a very Bernstein, Berenstein moment I'm having right here, but I'm <laughs> fairly confident there was something like this. But Have you ever seen the McDonald's commercial with Jason Alexander? I don't know if be- I have. It was before he was famous on Seinfeld, and there was a special hamburger. Tell me how this makes sense. Rather than serving you a hamburger totally made, they were going to give you the hot components on one package and the cold lettuce and tomato on the separate side, and then you could put it together, and that way your lettuce and tomato wouldn't get mushy. Oh, that's that's uh, Tommy Brown's alley right there. <laughs> I like hot, wet lettuce. Oh, Is that just me? Uh, I don't know if it's just you, but Tommy... Tommy has so many rules about stuff with food. I remember you talking about his ice cream rules Dude. that you can't, you have to get the ice cream last at the grocery yes. store. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. But the the lettuce on hot stuff is another thing too with him. So, well, I'm sorry for him that they took away this menu item, but Jason Alexander, because he's a prof- like profesh singer, dancer, Broadway yeah. kind of guy. So he's like singing and dancing I, about it. This it's on, does sound vaguely familiar. Now it's one of those where it. it's like, before they were famous and they play it on, you know, yeah. whatever, Access Hollywood, stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, there's, uh, there's something to be said about, uh, separating your lettuce from your, from your buns, but I like it. I like the hot, wet lettuce. I think Tommy doesn't get lettuce specifically because of that. 
He foregoes the lettuce. He does. I, I think that, I think I'm right about that. But see, I like it Whataburger where it's like the diced up lettuce. Oh yeah. Shredded kind of. And it's, and it's hot with the, uh, the delicious oh, yeah. hot mayonnaise. I love oh, hot Whataburger. God damn. Damn. Whataburger's so good. Get out of here. Oh my get out God. Of here. Car sm- your car smells like onions for decades. Uh, it never, the scent never gets I get, hot. I get matter. no onions. Oh, I love the, the the diced onions. The diced onions are really good. I just get no onions because I can't not taste onions for days after oh, if yeah. I eat them. Days. It's overwhelming. Yes, overwhelming. It is. I'll eat cooked onions, but raw onions, whew, that does it to me. Yeah. Well, man, my mouth is literally watering right now. I'm going to swallow <laughs> all this down. <laughs> Now we're food horny. We get ourselves mm, riled up yes. about food, especially Whataburger. But uh, yeah, the Whataburger was not the ones, not not one of the ones hit in this spree. No, they weren't. They weren't. Uh, probably because Whataburger's mostly Texas. There is some in other places, but mostly. And this did not, from what Regional. I read, occur, occur in Texas. Yes. Well, let's get into it. Between 1995 and 2005, fast food restaurants across the country plagued by phony phone calls that had employees committing bizarre acts. According to the Louisville Courier-Journal, the first of such incidents occurred in 1995 in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Call after call was made, asking employees to strip down, spank others, or do tasks while naked. But why wouldn't these employees just simply hang up? Simple. Every single caller had claimed to be the police investigating customers or coworkers for committing a crime. So right out the gate, right out the first one. If and man, and we'll we uh, an actual quote from someone involved says this of well, you wouldn't know what you would do until you were in that situation, and I do think that is true of most things. I would like to think if I was working any job and I got a phone call from mm-hmm. someone. Police mm-hmm. or not, telling me mm-hmm. you need to take off all your clothes and you need to let your coworker spank you because mm-hmm. this is how we're going to catch them for a crime. That I would immediately say, what the fuck, and hang up the phone. I think unless it is part of the job description, I am not going to whip my tits out no. in any job that I work at all. Unless it's, that's, you know. Unless if, that's like what said, you're there to do. Exactly. If I'm working at the gentleman's club, Go then for that's it. fine. But... Not if, no, I'm trying to think because, you know, I've never worked fast food, but I worked as uh, like a secretary receptionist assistant in a mortgage company. I worked in a costume restaurant where I had a dress in a costume and I answered the phone in the costume restaurant and I can't imagine them saying, take off your ruby red slippers and your Dorothy dress. You know, I, it's like when I was seven, 18, 19, you know. Yeah. So it's just strange. My f- of course, that place was lawless. We did whatever we wanted there. So uh, it's not like I was like a real, you know, I wasn't very obedient at that job. I came dressed as Abraham Lincoln. But, it's you know, I'm sure you, you go through all the jobs you've had and not a one would you have whipped your tits out. My first job ever was at a cast casual dining, fast dining type of sandwich place in Fort Worth you, called you know, is it- Galagaskins. Oh, okay. I didn't know. If you're sandwich. willing to say it. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's around anymore. Their sandwiches are great. The job sucked. But I was also 17. Who wants to yeah. work anywhere when you're 17? Even though I worked with one of my best friends at the time. Still hated it. But, yeah, I don't. Um, and that's not to shame anyone that did this. Because no, no. we will see 
close to 70 people fell for this. So clearly it, that's what's so shocking about this is, but again, what wasn't reported is how many people hung up or said, get, get out of here. I'm not Mm -hmm. doing that. You know, we only hear about the ones that did do it, Yes, but that's still a staggering number that agreed to these things that just a, a faceless voice was telling them to do. And he seemed to target the more rural areas mm-hmm. where maybe people didn't have as much interaction with police from other areas. So, you know, if you're saying I'm from another city and I'm the police, you know, if you never had an interaction, you wouldn't know. And you're so probably could- more trusting. Someone, yes. you know, in rural North Dakota is probably more trusting than someone mm-hmm. from Manhattan McDonald's where, yeah. you know, you're in the big city and you see shit all the time. That's true. I Side note, I went down a rabbit hole the other day on mcdonald's ice cream machines and ah. a couple who hacked it's this brand called taylor ice cream machines and under your mcdonald's franchise agreement you have to use this ice cream machine and i believe the setup is that when you have to call for service mcdonald's get a percentage of the service fee that you have to pay the taylor ice cream machine specialist to come out and fix it so it's kind of in their best interest for them to for you to keep using this machine and you will lose your franchise if you use a different machine and they break all the time because they're super finicky and they have this secret panel where you have to know the special code to know what's wrong with the ice cream machine to like troubleshoot and fix it yourself, but it's hidden. So this couple created this invention that was the size of a deck of cards that they figured out how to install into these Taylor ice cream machines that would then pull up a phone app that would tell a McDonald's franchise owner, this is what's wrong with your ice cream machine and this is how you can fix it. Well, McDonald's caught wind of that and told all the franchise people, if you do this to your ice cream machine, we will take your franchise away and this causes like death and destruction to the ice cream machine and basically threaten them. But they actually showed all the components of the ice cream machine that has to get washed and cleaned and put back together. And that's why at any given time, something like 25% of all McDonald's ice cream machines are non-functional because of this really finicky uh, ice cream machine that has two barrels in it that allows it to make soft serve ice cream and milkshakes at the same time simultaneously. Wow. Can you, can't you see why I went down this rabbit hole? It was like the couple who hacked why McDonald's ice cream machines are always broken. I was like, oh, the times I went to order a fucking shamrock mm-hmm. shake only to be rejected and told that they don't work. But there's now a website. I'll find the link and, and we'll put it on Patreon. But there's a website that you can go to that automatically makes an ice cream order at every McDonald's like every 15 minutes and then reports back how many ice cream machines are broken. Wow. Well, it seems like mcdonald's is getting a little under the table deal here it has uh a a reason to keep these machines not working it's in their best interest because i I think i'll have to find that wired article but i think they get like a cut of it but yeah it ruined these people's lives because they were going to help mcdonald's franchise owners figure out how to fix their machines on their own and mcdonald's sued the shit out of them because they don't they don't want they want the people to go out there and service it so they get a cut of it McDonald's don't fucking play. If you haven't seen The Founder, check it out. Is that the one, the HBO series? Oh, no, that's the one, the lottery scam. The Founder is with uh, Michael Keaton about Ray Kroc, who swoops in and (laughs) makes McDonald's what it is today, but at what cost? Oh, wow. It's excellent. I did not think I would be riveted uh, in a movie about fast food franchises and also Michael Keaton. I love Michael Keaton, so I'll watch anything with him, yes. Sinisterhood will be right back. 
Well, in 2000, a McDonald's worker in Lightfield, Kentucky, was convinced to remove her own clothes in front of a customer because the caller told her the customer was a sex offender, according to the Courier-Journal. All she had to do was undress herself to act as bait. Then the police would arrest the suspect. Of course, police never arrived. They well, also skewed younger, the victims, yeah. and they would be... They wouldn't want to talk to the managers. Usually they would want to talk to front desk, you know, not front desk, cashier workers, because they knew they were more likely to be obedient because you're trained in fast food to say, yes, the customer's always right. Yes or no, sir. Listen to your manager. Imagine being the customer and what she just starts taking off her clothes in front of you. And kind of probably if he's supposedly a sex offender that's supposed to attack her and then the police will swoop in. I'm assuming she's like, oh, I've dropped my hat. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Then in 2002, in Roosevelt, Iowa, a girl who was spending her 18th birthday working her first shift at a McDonald's stripped naked, ran through the store, and according to the Courier-Journal, assumed a series of embarrassing poses, all because she was told to by a caller pretending to be police. Uh, uh, Again. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, when you have someone that you think is the cops, and if you've had bad experiences with the cops, I'm sure that plays into it as well. Mm-hmm. Telling you, you got to take off your clothes, run through this restaurant, and then may, bend over. What Jumping kind of, jacks. Yes. All these things. Yeah. And then you do it. And you, on, on the other end of the phone... That is a very skilled con man yes. to get that. Like I had a client today tell me I'm so stupid that I fell for the scam. And I said, this is a professional mm-hmm. scammer. This is not a one-off person who does it for a hobby. I mean, this man did this for years. Yes. And like you said, we were only hearing about the really, really egregious ones. How many people kind of went with it for a minute? Yeah. And then he said the wrong thing and they bailed. So every single call that fails, he's learning. He's getting mm-hmm. better. And t- to where it culminates Mm -hmm. burger king applebee's sonic hardy's taco bell mcdonald's the colors hit major chain restaurants but seem to hit mcdonald's the most by 2003 there were nearly 60 reports of callers tricking fast food employees to do embarrassing and sometimes illegal things through these scams with 39 occurring at mcdonald's the most egregious incident of all happened in 2004 Louise Ogborn worked as a cashier at a McDonald's fast food restaurant in Mount Washington, Kentucky, near Louisville. She was a former Girl Scout, actively involved in her church, and had recently graduated high school in the top 10 of her class. April 9, 2004, promised to be just another shift for the 18-year-old, who made $6.35 per hour, and took the job to help pay for ongoing medical expenses for her ailing mother. She was done for the day, but volunteered to stay and work the dinner shift to make some extra cash. That's when she was called into the office of assistant manager Donna Summers. I'll tell you what, every time we cover a case, there's a moment. It's like the moment the missing 411 guy said, the moment of separation. It's like there's a moment where someone does something totally innocuous, totally not, it's not to fault them. It's just to look and go, oh my God, what if she said, you know what, I'm tired. I'm actually going to go home tonight. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Do not pick up shifts that aren't yours. It <laughs> never, it never ends well. You always hear, well, they were working a shift at the 7-Eleven they weren't scheduled for and 
they uh robber came in and shot him and robbed the place i mean every, it's always yeah. They were they weren't scheduled to work, but they were picking up a shift. Mm-hmm. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yes, I'm exactly. Yeah, yeah. Poor at 18 years old. Also, let's just go ahead and get it out of the way that the assistant manager is named Donna Summers. God, it is help not her. the disco queen. This is just a M- McDonald's manager. Donna Summers would never do that. <laughs> Isn't that Donna Summers singular? Donna is it Sum- Donna Summer? Is I think disco this, queen? the disco queen okay. is singular summer. This is plural summers. But yeah, you f- and you can't falter for picking up a shift because your mom was sick. No, I'm not. And she at needed. All. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying you were, but I'm saying you know it's again. It's nothing she did that was her fault. It's just eerie mm-hmm. to go back and look at the moment of the ver- the two paths that diverge, yep. and you naturally choose one, and that just so happens to change the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. According to ABC News, Donna told Louise she was on the phone with a police officer named Officer Scott and that the officer had the store manager, Lisa Siddons, on the other line. Donna then said into the phone, Here she is. It's the girl you described. And told Louise to shut the door. Donna told Louise she was being accused of stealing a purse from a customer. According to ABC, Louise pled with Donna, saying, Donna, I've never done anything wrong. I could never steal. I could never do anything like that. I don't have it in me. Donna and the caller remained unpersuaded, telling Louise she could either submit to a strip search or be taken to the police station. Louise was then stripped naked and given only an apron to cover up. As the dinner rush picked up, Donna told the caller that she had to attend to the restaurant business. He insisted she call someone in to replace her. She chose a fry cook, 27-year-old Jason Bradley. When Jason got on the phone, he was told to have Louise drop the apron and describe the girl's body to the caller. According to Louise, Jason wouldn't have any part of it and left the office disgusted. Donna got back on the phone and Jason heard her laughing with the caller, saying she was not married but planned to be soon. The caller told her to have her fiancé come up and watch Louise. She's best. She's getting pretty loose, joking around with the police on the phone. I have a lot of opinions about donna summers and this is where we start to get into where i personally start to think what the fuck is wrong with you yeah yeah um there's a moment at which i think several people diverge from victims to complicit or just idiots i mean who who you as a woman because there's another female manager that's in there too with them that's kind of just standing back like observing the whole thing two female managers and a naked 18 year old employee who's also female are there you need to go get someone else so you go get a 27 year old guy to come in and be in this small little office i mean anybody can google and it's in even the show notes the the footage this is all this is all caught on the security yeah. camera in oh, yeah. the freaking office, start to finish. Start so to you finish. see they're in a room, in an office no bigger than a closet. Yeah. And this poor girl is just sitting there covered up with an, an apron. Yeah. And they're this 27 year old. Who? What? Donna, yeah. what? Whomst. Whomst amongst us. It is. I do have a, a, a trouble because, I, you know, on the one hand, you want to go, well, what else was at play here? You know me. I'm always like, it's a gray area. Maybe she wasn't very educated or she didn't have every person on the fucking planet has seen at least one police procedural. And at no point is this ever protocol. No, who 
Good God. You've seen seconds of Law and Order. Have you, and wa- it could yes, tell you. Have you watched any CSI? Yeah, no. this was 2005 or 2004. There was plenty on television by then. 21 Jump Street. I don't care yes. what you watch. You watch something, and at no point were they making a naked lady do jumping jacks. No, at no point do they say, which is what he, Officer Scott told her, we are really backed up. We're shorthanded on officers, so we need you to do this until one of us can get there. That Yikes. does not happen. The cops do not put the... Citizen deputy. Yes, they don't uh, uh, assign you to be to this power over someone else like that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I too wonder, she's the assistant manager. She's laughing and cutting up with the cop. You wonder if somebody in their life has maybe not risen to the level that they wanted to and now feels special, right? They feel like they're a deputy helping the cop. So in some way, it satisfies an unanswered need to be in yeah. charge, need to be... Uh, a th- an authority yeah. figure and so that could also i mean I it totally doesn't excuse it I, I don't think any, any there's no excuse for her behavior no. whatsoever but i think perhaps it maybe colors in some of the maybe i don't know yeah, no i think there's something to be said for that that you're i'm the one that is in charge here i'm the highest person here so they're mm-hmm. calling me so i Lisa's gotta do not this here. you gotta feel you're, you feel important you feel mm-hmm. needed at that moment yeah like you said we're out of officers we need you mm-hmm. citizen yeah Around 6 p.m., Donna called her fiancé, 43-year-old Walter West Nix Jr. Walter was a father of two and professional exterminator who was active in his church with no criminal record. Donna told Walter she had a situation and needed him to head up to McDonald's to help. Walter arrived about 15 minutes later, entered the back office, and took the phone from Donna. Here is another moment where you go what the fuck donna babe what have you called me into dude who decides you've already got an out of control situation going on in your office we're gonna bring our fiance into it yeah yeah a 43 year old you want your 43 year old first of all what woman I don't once, want my man around naked their, lady. Their fiance walking in and having to babysit an eighteen-year-old naked girl. Yeah, that's weird. It's very weird. I usually, you know, this like you said, it is a abducted in plain sight level of. I got nothing. Normally, I feel like I, you know, I try to rationalize things. I got. I have. He's a. He's an adult. He's a business owner, or at least a professional something. He handles chemicals for a living, for Christ's sake, if he's an exterminator, active in his church, hasn't done a crime that we know of. I mean, he's got no criminal record. So what sane person that you described would walk into this scene and and do what's about to happen instead of going, honey, the... uh, the Lady, person, put your clothes the, on. The person on the phone is not a police officer. Hang up. We're calling the real cops. Yeah, there's a 0% chance this is legitimate. I, again, we see for all the character, not characters, they're human beings, for all the, the people in this story, the paths diverge yes. and he chooses the wrong one. He sure does. Donna left the office and Walter subjected Louise to torture for the next two hours all at the commands of the man on the line, calling himself Officer Scott. First, he had her drop the apron and stand naked. Then he had her perform jumping jacks in an effort to shake something loose for the collar. 
Walter spanked Louise, had her sit on his lap and kiss him, too. See if he smelled any drugs. And put her fingers into her vagina and show him the inside as part of the search. Finally, he had her get on her knees and perform oral sex on him. It obviously escalated over the two hours. Quickly. Uh, Okay. Taking them in turn. The jumping jacks to shake something loose. That is stupid, but it is at least somewhat rational, right? Do you think she shoved someone's purse up her buckle? (laughs) I don't know. A heroin balloon? I think it was like she had a heroin balloon up her her ass or her vagina. So again, not logical, but it's rational, right? He says, I need her to jump up and down to see if you can get the drugs out. Stupid, but okay. Spanking? I don't know, unless, like you said... You're you spanking gonna... it to get it out, to get the drugs out or something? Again, sit on her lap and kiss him to smell any drugs. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. It, putting the finger in the vagina to show the inside. Again, rationalized at... I... Scoured. Yes. The internet, newspapers, archives. I felt like I was in a library going through a microfiche machine. I read every shred I could on this case... And I could not find what Officer Scott said. Yes, me either. To get, to rationalize him putting his penis into her mouth. Same. I couldn't, and I, in my brain, mm-hmm. it's it's rattling, it's been, rat, I, I did this research in December, like not, it's just been a minute, right? We've been, not December, and like weeks ago, yeah. as we were getting, you know, we, we like to do things in advance. Ever since I read about it, I can't stop. I, what? Do you have an, uh, have you thought of anything? It keeps me up at night. I cannot, I cannot think of what. Here's what I think. Walter liked what he was doing. I don't think the caller presented it that way. Oh. I think the caller started, he groomed Walter, essentially. Mm -hmm. He's tested the waters. First of all. The caller knows when Walter walks in and doesn't completely balk at this situation Mm. that he's somewhat interested in what's going on. And then this 43-year-old man is having an 18-year-old girl completely naked do jumping jacks, uh, touching her all over her body, seeing parts of her body that no one should see, that she does not want to see, Mm -hmm. kissing her. He's he's ramping it up. I think the caller may have just suggested, kind of, could kind of tell he was into it, and kind of just said, oh. "Why don't you, um, why don't you take off your pants and and see if she'll do this?" Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's I don't know because I also can't fathom what reasoning you would give as a police officer. If you if you really think this is a police officer, what would a policeman say that says, well, in order to prove that she stole this purse, we're going to have to have her um, give you a blowjob now. We what, need you to what probe her mouth logic is that? Yeah. with your penis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. I don't. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. We, we can't know. I mean, we, we see Walter uh, is not totally ignorant of what has happened here, uh, granted, but... Again, I just, I couldn't think, but that makes sense, though, as if... I don't know. That's just speculate, because I also can't think of anything. That's Christy's, it's our opinion, and we're not presenting it as facts. Louise 
never said anything in the later trial either that Mm-mm. I could find. Mm-mm. But Walter is a sack of shit. I feel no empathy for anybody in this case, except mm. for Louise. Correct. When you walk in and see this, at first, maybe you're like, this doesn't seem right, but okay. But as soon as it starts getting sexual, yeah, you're you're there. You know what you're doing. You know, yeah. and then when your penis is in her mouth, as I'm sure she's weeping. Oh yes, she said she was crying the whole time, pleading with them to let her go, saying, begging to be taken to the police station. She's like, yeah. please, I will go to the police station. Please take me there. Yeah, and the, and, and Donna would say, no, we have to wait for the police to show up. Call 911. How about that? Good God. Yeah, that's the worst part is I think it's not that it it is bad that it happened, but I think it's even worse that her unceasing cries for help were ignored by multiple people. Yeah. Yes. And even kudos to Jason Bradley, the fry cook, for not taking part of it. Why didn't you, when you saw what was going on, go call the cops, buddy? And be like, this is weird. Yeah. There's some weird shit going on. Or you, call the manager, even. You, you had, you knew, you knew it was fucked up. You knew you didn't want a part of it. So therefore, uh, you know, you need to call the police or it shouldn't be going on. You just went about making fries. Yeah. Man. Sinisterhood will be right back. Throughout the two-hour ordeal, Donna would enter the office, but each time, Walter had Louise cover herself up with an apron. Louise pleaded with Donna to let her go, but each time Donna said no, they had to wait for the police to arrive. After two hours, the caller told Walter he could leave, only if Donna found a replacement. Walter left, and when he arrived home, he called a friend, stating, I've done something terribly wrong. So he knew. He ding, knew ding, ding. he knew he was he had just done a fucked up. Also, if your fiance walks in the room and every time you throw an apron to this naked girl and tell her to cover yeah. up, you know you're doing something wrong. Yeah, if that's where again you you as the listener slash, you know, in the hindsight, armchair quarterback slash prosecutor, uh, you knowingly sexually assaulted mm-hmm. this girl because you hid her body and hid what you were doing if you said the whole time i believed i was complying with police orders then you would be sodomizing that girl openly when your girl when your fiance opened Mm -hmm. the door and said what honey i'm helping the police Mm -hmm. but the fact that he knew to hide it fuck this guy yeah yep you then you're that is to in his behavior and again he was charged with a crime i'm not accusing him of anything he was not convicted of or pled to but you that behavior tells you tells mm-hmm. us that he was aware of the wrongdoing and it was not simply well i was just following orders yes and he then makes a phone call to a friend saying i've done something terribly wrong yeah that's the best part that seals mm-hmm. the deal at the store donna tried recruiting 58 year old thomas sims an off-duty handyman who did odd jobs around the restaurant when Thomas walked back into the office and saw Louise, he was horrified. Donna assured him it was okay and that corporate had approved it. When Thomas took the phone, the caller asked him to have Louise drop the apron and describe her body. Thomas refused and told Donna, Something is not right about this. 
Thank God for this guy. Yes. They, he was off duty. He went to get an ice cream. Thankfully, the ice cream machine was working and he was able to get his treat. <laughs> and he's just chilling in a booth having his ice cream. And she's like, I need your help with something. Would you come back here? And he's like, fuck this noise. Yes. Finally, someone with a sh- shred of uh, decency walks couple, into that freaking office. Got a couple of brain cells to rub together. Yeah. it's uh, No. He's like, uh, and again, some people want to say, Arguments online abound of that, well, Donna, maybe she was not experienced in the world or she didn't have the privilege of education. I believe one of the articles said Thomas Sims had dropped out of school. So I don't think I think it's a moral compass situation. You know, I don't think you can blame somebody's like naivete or lack of. First of all, she's a grown up. But this, you know, it's not like, oh, well, you have to be Harvard educated to know not to do this. This gentleman, you know, had to finish off his ice cream sundae and go, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah. Uh, You don't have to go to school to know that you don't strip down one of your employees butt ass naked in your office while you ask multiple men to come in and watch her while she's just in there by herself. Yeah. And I think later the argument that, well, McDonald's didn't train me not to do this just for me. That dog don't hunt. Like, no, really? You needed to be trained not to sexually. Do you need to be trained not to stick your hand in an open flame? I mean, some things you just know not to do. You think you should. Dipshit. People end up, they end up in the ER. So, in a deposition, Donna said that this is when the light bulb went off for her. She called Lisa, the general manager, who the caller said had been on the other line only to find Lisa was sound asleep at home. In the deposition, Donna said, I knew then that I had been had. I lost it. I begged Louise for forgiveness. I was almost hysterical. Another assistant manager, Kim Dockery, then came in the room, covered Louise and comforted her as she cried. The caller hung up, but employees dialed star 69 to obtain the phone number. Man, I remember back in the day you had to dial oh, star 69? Oh, fuck yeah. This is when the light bulb went off, Donna. When Thomas said something isn't right about this, you know who else said that? Jason Bradley. Two hours hours ago, before she was sodomized by your fiance. Hours. Hours before she was tortured. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Why would you not have called Lisa the second he said, I've got your general manager on the other line? Just say, cool. Let me put you on hold. Yeah. Let me talk to her real quick. Patch her through. And if he said no, call her yourself. This lady is, hello? Donna, what? <laughs> she's like, what? The fucking worst call that you can get. I mean, one of the worst Just, calls. Uh, complete confusion. The last thing Chaos. you would think anyone would call you about. That night, Donna watched the surveillance footage and saw what Walter had done to Louise. She ended their engagement and then was later fired for letting a non-employee into the back office. That's why she was fired. Yeah, that's why she was fired. Goddamn. Donna was arrested for unlawful imprisonment and pled no contest. She was given one year of probation after Louise told prosecutors that she believed Donna was also a victim. Walter was arrested and charged with sodomy, for which he was eligible to receive 20 years in prison. He struck a deal with prosecutors and pled guilty to sexual abuse in the first degree. He received five years in exchange for his testimony against the caller and must register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. Yeah, she... Louise initially said she believed Donna was a victim. She also ended up suing her later. Yes, she did. So <laughs> she did indeed. As she should have. As she uh, should have. Yes. It was a very sweet and 18 year old 
naive thing to say she was also a victim. And perhaps she was. I don't know. Like I said, I got a lot of hot takes about Donna Summers, and not one of them is that she was a victim. Yeah. So. And I, you wonder, too, if Louise has worked there for a while, it's your, you know, if you like your manager and they're, you know, they've been good to you as a authority figure, you want to kind of cut them a break. But then the more distance you mm-hmm. get from it, you think, Oh, fuck this lady. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. part of this. I definitely. She's the one that caused, that called the sex predator to yes. t- attack me. Now, registered sex predator. I'm not calling him anything he's not. I think that's key is the distance. And yeah. When it's still so raw and you went through this thing with someone and, you know, the emotions are still so high, mm-hmm. it's easy to have maybe a little more compassion. And once you get a, get a bit of distance from it and you're like, Oh no. Yeah. She was very culpable in what happened to me. Yeah, I think at first you're like, can we? Can you believe that happened? Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I mm-hmm. can't believe it either. And then later on, you're like, that was a lot of hours and a lot of times of me crying and begging mm-hmm. for help and a lot of no's. Nah, fuck her. Yeah, fuck her is right. Police tracked down that the calling card used to make the Mount Washington call and a call to a McDonald's in Massachusetts had been purchased at a Walmart in Panama City, Florida. Surveillance footage from Walmart at the time of the purchase showed a man in a jacket bearing the logo of private security firm Corrections Corporation of America. CCA's HR department was able to identify David R. Stewart, a married father of five, from the surveillance footage. Yeah, it was, it's not a slam dunk, but it's, that's as close as you're going to get to a slam dunk in a calling card situation. A search of Stewart's house turned up police uniforms and applications. Stewart was charged with soliciting sodomy and impersonating a police officer. Authorities also found a calling card in Stewart's Florida home that we used to make nine similar calls to Burger King and Wendy's restaurants in Oklahoma and Idaho. But the card was not used in the Mount Washington incident. The purchase card traced to the Mount Washington call was never found. After a week-long trial, Stewart was acquitted due to lack of direct evidence. Police noted that no further calls were made after his arrest. Goddamn. This jury. I mean. It's all circumstantial. It is, but is it? Is it? But is it? It isn't. And I will say, I, I need to, I mean, not, not that I'm going to do future research on this, but again, in what I read, the descri- I didn't get a thorough description of the evidence. If some of this was excluded, then you can't blame the jurors, right? If they only knew that if he they was... didn't know that the calling cards were found in their home, that's yeah. one thing. Yeah. But if nine cards or cards used to make nine other calls that they knew were the same type of call were found. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, you don't have the smoking gun that the exact card is found, but people have been convicted for murder on, on less evidence. Yeah, he's got a really good defense attorney. He's also a white male. I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. But he also, uh, I think you, you, your question is, is it beyond a reasonable doubt? And like, it's like, no, they don't, they didn't have a recording of his voice that they could have compared the, his, you know, they didn't have like a recording of Officer Scott that they could compare to David Stewart. So that was a big hurdle. Can you really trust the memory of, Walter or Donna when it's however, you know, however far removed from the incident. So, oh, man. Well, they they said that they the impression that they got 
And David Stewart had applied for to be a cop numerous times mm-hmm. and was not accepted. So I think for him, the he got his rocks off by just acting as an authority figure. Kind of like what you said about maybe this is why Donna agreed to it because she had never lived up to being the authority figure she always desired. He was in these instances being the cop he wanted to be he was in charge he was controlling everything he was you know they they even said uh some people that testified said well i i totally believed he was a cop i even heard police sounds in the background like like a keyboard like walkie-talkies and stuff going off yeah so he like made it sound yes when he the summer he found his his sound yeah so i think whoever was on the other end of that line yeah he he Got off on that, just knowing, because he wasn't watching it happen. He True. was just hearing it all unfold. Yeah. And and to be fair, the evidence that was found in his house wasn't that he made all 60 calls, was just that he at least made, somebody in his house was using a calling card, I don't know if it was him, his wife, or his five children, to make nine similar calls to Burger Kings and Wendy's and whatnot in other states. So somebody was using those calling cards in his house to do that. Mm-hmm. Somebody. While the obscene calls may have stopped after David Stewart's trial, the mental and emotional damages they caused did not. According to court documents, the psychological impact the assault made on Louise Ogborn caused significant physical and behavioral changes, resulting in her needing extensive counseling. She also stated that McDonald's did nothing to help her after the incident. Hmm. Louise and Donna Summers both sued McDonald's for the incident. Louise's attorney asked for $61 million, then later $200 million in damages. She was awarded a total of $5,555,656. It broke down as follows. Compensatory damages. $1 million for physical, mental, and emotional pain and suffering. $111,312 for past and future medical expenses. McDonald's was found half at fault, and so were liable, for $555,656 in compensatory damages. Punitive damages were $5 million. So McDonald's was punished by having to pay $5 million, and they were only found to be 50% liable. The caller was the other 50% liable. So they calculated that she was owed a million for pain and suffering and 100000 so then McDonald's only had to pay half of that. Yeah. So it's wild that, you know, they said that the caller was half at fault mcdonald's is half at fault I, I i don't understand why except for that i believe they said he lived in a trailer that was worth maybe like thirty thousand dollars that maybe he didn't have assets but the standard of proof is so much lower in a civil case why wouldn't you just sue him for you know emotional mm-hmm. distress pain and suffering just even if he can never pay it so you tell yourself okay I have proof that this guy was the one that did this to me, mm-hmm. and I have justice, even though he was acquitted. Yeah, I no. don't know. Unless I mean, he don't have he don't have five million dollars. So McDonald's many, does. so many times, people aren't um, guilty in their criminal trials, found guilty, and then are and then have to pay in their civil trials. Mm-hmm. OJ style. Yeah, I mean, the case I served on was civil, and uh, they the defendant did not end up paying one dime because she didn't have anything but she was uh made supposed to pay over 60 million dollars yeah but i mean for and then for in the family in your case at least has the 
emotional mm-hmm. closure of saying a jury believed us we were yes. you know prevailed so i wonder why but i don't know ever she just may want to be done with it yeah and in the case of mine too it also gets out that this person was operating without insurance at the daycare and she's never going to have um, a daycare again yeah to, no access to kids not be able to do that to a child again yeah sinisterhood will be right back Donna Summers argued that she was injured because McDonald's knew about the strip search hoaxes and failed to warn her as a manager to avoid the scam. Summers was awarded a total of $1,050,000. million was impunitive damages, and 100000 was compensatory for emotional distress, embarrassment, and damage to character, for which McDonald's was half responsible. She, I mean, she, she, ha- she does. Here's the thing. McDonald's did know about this so much. They knew they knew very much that this was very frequent and did not say, hey, if the cops call you, just hang up and call 911. Yeah. So they are uh, completely liable in this and should have trained the managers as silly as it may sound that someone has to be told. But when 39 of their restaurants had this happening, at what point do you say, maybe we should do a training? Yeah. Yeah. Probably after one. Would yeah, be saying, my would my guess. Even if thirty nine incidents occurred and only five told them about it, like you said, even if one, they should have done a training because mm-hmm. they, maybe they didn't know about all of them until later. But yeah, from a corporate liability perspective, that's the purpose of policies and procedures is mm-hmm. literally to prevent this from happening. Granted, they did have a policy that don't don't let randos in the back office, and she did, and that's why she was fired. Correct. So. Gosh, yeah. yeah. And a million dollars to McDonald's is chump change. Oh, yeah. This to Donna Summers, I'm sure it's more money than she had ever seen in her life. But more than that, this poor girl was violated mm-hmm. in the worst ways you can be. Mm-hmm. Her, She's 18. Yeah. And that, I mean, to be that young and you, and that's. Your name is everywhere now. Everyone knows what happened. Oh, yeah. Not to mention, you just, you were sexually assaulted. You have to live with this and like just- On the, camera. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the fact that they didn't help her afterwards. Yeah. And that she was crying the whole time asking for help. I I mean, even McDonald's. Oh, Once yeah, they no, found they out about thought, it. Yeah. No. no. They, yeah. I mean, from a lawyer perspective, you would be like, don't apologize. Because you don't want to get sued for six True. million dollars, and then it happens anyway. Yeah. Also, it's pretty wild that they went for two hundred million, and she only got six million. I think this is the post McDonald's hot coffee world where people, which that is one of the most widely misunderstood cases, where the cultural zeitgeist is we got a bunch of sue happy people mm-hmm. it's not mcdonald's fault that she got violated in the back office well it kind of is though like at least 50 yeah. percent, right and uh so a jury may balk at 200 million and uh and only award that much because again it's well that just seems like a crazy amount of money people are just trying to do get rich quick schemes just like that mcdonald's coffee lady well her vagina got burned off so you tell me what your vagina is worth yeah priceless In the aftermath of the horrendous ordeal, many were left wondering how on earth something like this could have happened. How could someone blindly obey orders from a faceless voice on the other end of the phone that resulted in a high school student being held naked against her will for hours and sexually assaulted? 
While it is easy for many to balk at the notion that they would never be so gullible, Summers told the New York Times, Unless you're put in that situation at that time, how do you know what you would do? You don't. Arguably, the most well-known example of humans' willingness to obey comes from Yale professor Stanley Milgram's experiment in the early 1960s. Milgram devised his study after reading about the reasons those on trial at the World War II Nuremberg trials gave for participating in acts of genocide. Milgram longed to understand what would make a seemingly normal person agree to take part in such atrocities. He noticed that time and again, the reasons given had to do with obedience. The German Nazis' justification was that they were following orders from their superiors, according to Simply Psychology. Those that signed up to participate in the Milgram study were paired with another person. They drew straws to determine who would be the learner and who would be the teacher. While the participants thought the assigned roles were random, the experiment was actually fixed so that the teacher was always the person who volunteered for the study, and the learner was actually someone working with Milgram. The learner and teacher were placed on opposite sides of a wall. The learner was strapped to a chair with electrodes, while in front of the teacher was an electric shock generator with switches ranging from 15 volts to 450 volts. After studying a series of word pairs, the learner was told to repeat them back. For every wrong answer, the teacher was to administer an electric shock. If the teacher refused, the experimenter in the room with them, an actor hired by Milgram dressed in a gray lab coat, would read a series of prompts designed to encourage the teacher to proceed with shocking the learner. The prompts started off polite with, Please continue. If needed, the experimenter would follow with, The experiment requires you to continue. If the teacher still refused, the prompts became more urgent. It is absolutely essential that you continue. If the teacher still refused, they were told, You have no other choice but to continue. The results of the study showed that 65% of participants, i.e. teachers, administered the highest level of voltage, 450 volts, despite hearing the learners' anguished screams and pleas for help from the next room. In addition, all of the participants continued to 300 volts, according to Simply Psychology. Milgram found that ordinary people are likely to follow directions from a perceived authority figure, even if they may feel it is morally or ethically wrong. The likelihood they will obey increases if the authority figure presents themselves as morally right and or legally based. Yowza. Yeah. It's one of the most famous studies. You learn about it day one in psychology classes. It's uh, it's one of those that several, var- like 20 variations I think were done where they would, uh, at one point, the person acting as the experimenter, who was just an actor in a lab coat, would get a phone call and they would have to leave the room. And so they would be replaced with just a person in plain clothes. And the likelihood then that the person would administer the shock uh, went significantly down ah. because this perceived authority wasn't in there watching them. Or if the person in the lab coat wasn't in the room at all. They would try and um, administer lower shocks and act like they had done the higher ones and everything. So just this person in a lab coat was enough to make people feel like they had to do what they were being told to do, even though they didn't want to do it. And the person on the other side of the wall, who is also an actor, is, you know, it's actually a recording of him screaming like, and we there's clips of it in the show, in the, we'll post on Patreon of uh, audio clips of them screaming like stop doing this to me mm-hmm. i'm dying my my heart's failing 
and Good you can God. He- and you can hear the the experimenter saying he got it wrong you need to do it again and at one point one of the men the teacher says i'm not going to do this he's in there yelling about his heart i'm not going to be responsible for something mm-hmm. like this and you know so there were a couple people that said nah but mm-hmm. for the most part every single one of them cranked it on up to 400 yikes yeah just doing my job milgram went on to theorize that in a social situation people's behavior falls into one of two categories according to simply psychology these are one the autonomous state where you decide your own actions and take responsibility for them and two the agentic state where people allow others to direct their actions and then pass off the responsibility of the consequences to the person giving the orders Milgram also found that two things had to be true for a person to enter the agentic state. The person giving the orders had to be perceived as legitimate. And two, the person being ordered is able to believe the authority figure will accept responsibility for whatever happens. Man. It's humans. Yep, yep, totally. The strip search scam demonstrated all facets of Milgram's study. The caller successfully manipulated over 60 people, whose behavior then shifted into agentic state. He told them he was an officer of the law, one of the most authoritative and legitimate professions one can have, and because the individuals assumed an officer of the law would take responsibility for what he were telling them to do, they were more likely to follow through with the unbelievable commands. Ticked all the boxes. Yeah, I mean, whether he knew that or not, it's just, he he just sounds like a master manipulator, or all of them, because I think it was more than one caller, but master manipulator to know... I'm the cops. It's fine. You can do what I say. I'm an officer. I need your help. Imploring them, making them feel special. It's pretty high level manipulation in psychology. So you think it was more than one caller? I think so. Because it was over such a long span of time. Yeah. And I think because, not that it's not harmful to strip naked and do jumping jacks, you know, in front of your coworkers, but there was not... Any, at least not reported, any incidents as um, severe as what happened to Louise that they weren't. I mean, there were cops that were investigating them that were saying this call happened. These people stripped down. They were impersonating an officer. This is really serious. So there were cops investigating it, but it wasn't, you know, like the FBI's on involved, like trying to hunt down, you know, who really was behind it. But I wonder, too, if people. If they somehow knew each other or connected, I don't know. This seems like the type of thing that people would be. It's kind of similar to what folks do on like 4chan or on that part of the Internet of let's send the SWAT team to somebody's house or I'm going to do this crazy stunt. Guys, watch me on this uh, world cam where it's, you know, publicly mm-hmm. streaming where it's like doing stunts for the amusement of each other, too. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe they're somehow connected or I don't know. The Internet was around. So could have. I wonder if it started off as just prank calling essentially we were like let's see how far we can get somebody to go Mm -hmm. by doing this and then either word got out or it just one or two people escalated it to the point of well let's see how far we can really take this yeah it just got super out of control sinisterhood we'll be right back milgan theorized that the agentic shift was actually rooted in evolution In prehistoric times, if humans were disobedient, they did not survive. Therefore, later generations did not inherit these genes. Coupled with the messages of obedience taught in school and the home, the concept of obedience is instilled in us at a very young age. 
While it is true that society would collapse without certain parameters of obedience, it is also important to know when to question authority and not follow orders that cause moral strain or harm to others. What'd you say? You don't need a degree to not stick your hand in the fire? (laughs) Yeah. Certain stuff we just all know. Yeah. I mean, that in itself is evolution as well. Mm -hmm. It's just... I saw some interviews with Donna Summers, and she just, she has kind of an attitude, kind of defensive, kind of like she knows that everyone thinks she's an idiot. Oh, So yeah. it's just very like, well, none of y'all would know what you do unless you were there. You know, just very mm-hmm. um bitter. Yeah. When that's true. Sure. None of us know what we do in any situation unless we're there, I guess. But most of us, I think, wouldn't do what she did. Yeah, this is it's a little bit different than, you know, like I said, I have clients all day long that are like, I got scammed by this door to door, door to door person. And I'm like, don't give people your info. Shut the door in their face. And some guy knocked on my door and was like, hey, let me get your email address and I'll send you a quote for your roof. And I was like, OK, here's my email address. Like, what an idiot. And I just gave it to him. And it was like I was on a Zoom call. I had stepped away. I was in a hurry. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. And then there's people clomping around on my roof. And Paris comes in and goes, why is there humans on our roof that we don't know? And I said, oh, shit, can you go and undo what I've done? So as much as I, my profession is telling people not to get scammed. And they, I looked them up. They were a totally legitimate business. It was a misunderstanding on my part. I didn't realize people needed to climb on your roof to give you a roof estimate. Although now it makes sense. But mm. in that moment where you're jarred, somebody in a uniform has asked you for something and you go, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I was in a hurry. He was also, I mean, I hate to say it, he was a good looking guy. I mean, and that plays in, I mean, he was it charming. For Bundy. That was, that definitely plays into it yeah, a lot. Thank God Paris is, <laughs> I mean, but he's, he's a charming guy. And I was talking to uh, a friend about this over the weekend and she was saying the same thing that, you know, answer the phone and someone's like, or answer the door and someone goes, is your husband home? And she goes, Oh no. Oh fuck. And you're like, Mm. he'll be back soon though you know not that every single you know we don't want to live in a a world where we're constantly afraid and we don't help people when we need to but also understanding that it's just human nature and trying to train yourself to count to to react do i think that mm, 99 out of 100 people would do what donna summers did absolutely not yeah that's a conservative estimate i think 99.9999 percent of us Mm -hmm. would not do this because it's so extreme and that's there's something who knows what was happening? She was busy. She was whatever other mitigating circumstances were going on in her life that would allow her to uh, ignore the sobbing cries for help of a teen girl. And multiple people saying, the this fuck? doesn't look right. Yeah. yeah. And not and, and it finally taking a dude at the end of the night after hours yeah. of torture. So there's something that we will never know. Like you said, she's probably really, you know, she is really defensive about it. At least she seems that way in interviews. So I think it's true that we don't know how we would act in a scam situation or in a, you know, being approached and asked for something situation. Now, how many of us are like, oh, yeah, that's fine. You know, you just you acquiesce because it's easier in the moment. Like you said, disobedience is bred out of us as humans. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's an uh, I said the dog won't hunt. I don't think that's a good excuse for me. No, here. I think like what you said because this is so extreme is why 99.9 percent of people would uh, red flags would immediately started bells are dinging 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, but something that's more minor and innocuous, like somebody saying, oh, give me your email and I'll give you a roof. I mean, that's on the face, probably pretty harmless, you yeah. know? And like I said, this, they have five star Google reviews. So there you go. This from the beginning is harmful. Yeah. And also from the beginning, they're at saying she has to take off all her clothes. I mean, within minutes, you're like, that's the a huge red flag. A zero to 60 pretty fast. Yes. Also like a phone. What? Why wouldn't you just hang up? You know, that's the other thing yes. is it's not like there's a human officer in the room with you saying to do all these things. It's the the ease of hanging up the phone. Although, mm-hmm. again, with the IRS scans where they say, we are going to arrest you because you owe IRS payments. I know a guy who's, like I said, he's a reasonably intelligent guy, got all the way to Western Union before the Western Union yeah. person goes, I don't think that's the IRS. So it can, even being on the phone, you have that ass clinch of like, oh my God, I'm in trouble it's happening. They're going to come for me. Um, and, and if you're an obedient person that, you know, you're a rule follower, mm-hmm. then that might be something you're more susceptible to. True. And a lot of people the at the trial when Louise was um, cross-examined, they said, why didn't you just leave? Mm-hmm. You know, why didn't you just walk out of the door? And she said, um, I was terrified. I didn't know what was on the other side of that door. Mm-hmm. I was naked. Mm-hmm. I was embarrassed. I didn't really want to run out into the McDonald's restaurant naked. During a dinner rush. Yeah. You know, so sh- she said, I didn't know. I, I, she even said, like, I didn't know if that was the last night of my life. I didn't know yeah. where this was going because it escalated so quickly in such a short amount of time. She went from picking up an extra shift to being sexually assaulted within several not even several hours a handful yeah. of hours yes minutes yeah. the length of shorter than a lord of the rings movie yes i mean quite a, yes i mean she they had her naked within minutes. five minutes of yeah. being in that office yeah so multiple people then her co-workers and then some dude she probably never even met comes in and is her dad's age yeah 40 something you know that she's forced to then perform oral sex on i mean it's just it's so it's scarring. it's so it's so egregious. It's hard to believe this is a real thing that happened. Yeah. Like Much like abducted in plain sight. You're just watching this and you're thinking, this can't be real. Yeah, there's This no has way. to be made up. But unfortunately, it's very real. And unfortunately, in both situations, a young girl is victimized yes. and harmed um, at the hands of people who were just being scammed, being led down a primrose path. And it's like, at what point do you say... Yeah, you. But what, pump the brakes. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard because it. You know. You, do you get into the realm of victim blaming? Yeah, but I mean, at any time, we always talk about that. Though, when is when do you go from victim to perpetrator? Yeah, yeah. At any time, you can ask because a real cop will gladly show you their badge. Yes, will gladly say, "Sure, you can put me on hold while you call the precinct uh-huh. to make sure this is legit, or call your your supervisor at home." They're not going to question any of that. They want you to know that it's legit. Mm-hmm. So just take a second and do that. Yeah. A real cop also won't be offended you're asking that. Correct. So if you're thinking, well, I don't want to offend them and fuck that. Yeah. You have every right to do that. Don't don't worry about being polite. Yeah. And I did that. ADT had to come do something to my system. And I said, can I? I said, I don't want to be 
I, I don't remember how I put it, but of course I made it into a joke. But I said, I'm going to need to see some credentials. And they kind of laughed or whatever. And he's like, no, 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 we get it. And he stepped a few feet back and showed me his face because he had a mask on. And he's like, see, I matched the badge. And I was like, OK. And, it, and I had called ADT, so I knew it was them. But it's the, he was like, oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're never like, no, let me in. Let me in yeah. without seeing my badge. Then that's a red flag. So, yes, definitely. Yeah. So Good for you on, on asking that, too. Yeah. And no, no, ADT called me and I called back a I hung up and then called the website listed number because I was so afraid it was a scam. But initially I was like, oh, yeah, you can come change something in my house. And then I thought, this is, I did not initiate this call. Oh, shit. So I hung up and then called from the website. But mm. that's just because I happened to stop and think after I was going, OK, OK. They're like, hey, this is Barbara with ADT. I'm like, OK, OK. Like, you don't. It, like I said, I'm just saying that to say I am a scam attorney and I still go, okay, sometimes when people, right. and I have to stop myself and go, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Some of them are egregiously bad, like when it's clearly like a fake recording and they're like, this is the Federal Reserve. Yes, yes. Like, no, I get those all the time. It's not yeah. the Federal Reserve. Well. It's hard. We, uh, that was what we think, I think. I think so. so we I have think anything we summed, else to yeah. add? Yeah. We summed it up. It's hard for, uh, it's hard to. You know, like you said, say what you would do in that situation. But I think it's pretty egregious that mm-hmm. I think we can say what we would do. And if you at any job or even at your home, if somebody calls and starts asking you to do stuff you're not comfortable with. You have every right to hang up on them mm-hmm. or call the cops or, you know, do what you need to do to get to the bottom of it. Yep. Don't feel like you have to blindly follow anybody's orders I'm, if it makes you uncomfortable. You have to let random people on your roof, even if they're <laughs> handsome. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't let the handsome roof guy get up on your roof. It was very helpful to have Paris go up there. I said, get them off. He goes, well, you told him they could go up there. Said, get their asses down. And they were what nice. What did they say? They were so nice. They go, uh, Paris goes, hey, y'all get off the roof. And he, the guy said, oh, well, she told us we could go up there. And he said, I don't think she did. She seems really upset that you're on the roof. Can you come down? Oh, of course. And then I, my Zoom call ended. So I went outside and I said, I did not know you were going to go on the roof. Will you please come down? And I said, I'm a lawyer. I don't want you to fall off the roof and try. Cause I was like, that would be the perfect scam is you go, uh, you say you're doing a roof estimate, you slip and fall and then you sue my homeowner's insurance. And he goes, we promise we're insured. And I go, I don't know that. Please come down off my roof. And so he was totally nice. He was like, no, no, no. He said, I managed to get some pictures. So I'll still send you an estimate. But he said, no worries. It's totally fine. Like, I'm so sorry for the confusion. I, I really should have cleared that up with you in advance and i said i I probably should have asked and he said he was just really polite and nice and again i went and looked them up afterwards and they are a totally legit company it was just we were like in a hurried exchange Mm -hmm. and i just said oh yeah go look on the roof but i meant i thought he was gonna walk around the side it makes sense in hindsight that you cannot accurately estimate roof damage without being on it but can't see the top of a roof from the ground uh, not without being unless you're really tall tall. or you're on stilts (laughs) or something you're you got a drone (laughs) in your pocket or you just happy to see me uh mm, so yeah but it happens so to long story short Wednesday back replacing all your shingles i mean i got a good estimate so tbd and i'm go. telling you they had so many five-star google reviews so i don't know well um, we uh we'll we have some roof damage too from some storms so maybe i'll have this hottie uh over at our house and see <laughs> yeah, what the fuss is all about i'm telling you some people uh <laughs> wear jeans those jeans are wearing him oh uh, yes sir yeah all right well this was uh, a doozy of a mini so This yeah, one it was like a it, full. it ties in a lot similar to the Kitty Genevieve stuff too. I so think so. It's interesting these kind of uh, weaved together were woven together. I mean, dovetail, yeah, they we- webbed. I think it was <laughs> dovetail's good. Dovetail's good.
Well, if you like this episode, we have lots more like this over on our Patreon. You can join for free to see what we're up to next or dive into over 500 hours of bonus content like today's mini-sode or our most recent mini-sode on Tommy Thompson, who has spent over seven years in jail for refusing to disclose the location of hidden treasure, which my goodness, some people say... I'll die first. And Tommy Thompson is one of those. <laughs> put it to the test. And the federal government, it's a staring contest. It's a fascinating case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of fascinating cases, we also have an all-new Judge Christie that just released. Uh, it features some pretty uh, bizarre disputes, including uh, one of some very noisy neighbors. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking about this the other night as I was sitting outside on my own patio thinking, what if I could just hear my neighbors just going at it right now and by going at it i don't mean fighting although some children might think that they were depending on the types of sounds that are coming from the house (laughs) exactly yeah so judge judge christie lays the law down uh, not to mention i believe you sent someone to 13 years in jail in this episode as well (laughs) so please tune in to hear what crime is so heinous that christie has demanded that this uh it professional be locked away (laughs) (laughs) Well, for recent patrons, thank you so much for supporting the show and make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. You can head to Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop on the top banner to check out all of our Sinisterhood merch. We've got t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, even clothes for your kiddos. You can put it on a dog or a cat, too. No one's judging where you put that baby onesie. And for a limited time, our orders over orders over $20 on our TikTok shop have free shipping. There's also other deals. Go to uh, TikTok and search Sinisterhood podcast to take advantage of those. While you're on our website, you can also review the show, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description for sources used during our research. You'll also find fun things like topic-based playlists and links to live show tickets. So when we go back out on tour, you'll get to get those tickets. You'll also be the first to know if you're a Patreon subscriber. One of the perks is you get You get VIP access to those tickets before they go on sale to the public. And I think spring, we have a call this week. So I think we'll know some some more stuff after this. But I think in the spring, we're going to be heading back out, which I'm very excited about. Can't wait to see all of y'all. But until then, you can follow us on Instagram and threads at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Go see our lovely faces in video episodes, as well as some best of Patreon clips we got coming for you over on our YouTube channel. At YouTube, just search Sinisterhood Podcast, the same as our TikTok handle. And if you would like custom videos of us talking to you directly, head over to Cameo.com and order a custom video shout out we like to say happy birthday happy new year congrats on the job happy wedding day we've gotten to deliver a few which i have loved so any beautiful moment you want us to help deliver be a part of head to cameo.com and search sinisterhood christy where you at online i am on instagram at christy m wallace and tiktok at christy or gtfo heather pretty much everywhere at heather versus the world as always the devil rules the airwaves keep it creepy Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Here are your special Patreon shout-outs. Lindsay Laurie. Tori. Haley Turner. Mary Henderson. Jeff Sutton. Sarah. Catherine. Shelby Holly, Amanda Kirsten. Anna Otto. Jessica. Grace Elliott. Jamie Gormley. Alex. Kristen Graney. And Lisa Goodman. 
Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We could not do this without you. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. We hope we pronounce your names correctly and that you're having a wonderful 2024 so far. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Mwahaha. <laughs> Sin and-